Radio Show. Hatted Radio is brought to you by Hatted.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 16th day of December, 2015. We're here with our co-host, Jay Basser, and uh, today, uh, again, we're luckily have our famous astronaut on, and he's going to help us out here answering some questions. So if anybody out there in the audience uh, would care to call in and leave a question or comment, we'd be only too happy to take it. Our call-in number is 347-237-4819. That call-in number, once again, is 347-237-4819. And if uh, I remember right, I was reading there on Hattit, and uh, according to what I read, John was supposed to sing us a song. What what song is he singing, uh, John? Well, what's that song they sing in prison there when they got the, got the guitar out and singing Swing Low, Sweet Chariot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Merry Christmas song. That's what we need. Son, if I resort to singing, you lose listeners quicker than. <laughs> well, that's all right. We'll let you slide and practice up some more. We may be calling on you again. <laughs> that's all right. I might have a singer in the family if I can get him to sing, but, you know, I tell you, we're just going to do a show kind of explain some Social Security benefits and the VA. To the veterans, uh, you know, if you're disabled from the VA and uh, you've uh, paid in your required number of quarters for Social Security, you're entitled to file for Social Security disability. And, uh, you know, a lot of veterans do both. You get a draw both, there's no offset. But uh, there's a lot of uh, red tape involved. And uh, off the bat, you have to realize that the government's a big entity. You know, they got a lot of employees and a lot of departments, and they're not streamlined. Uh, of course, the Department of Veteran Affairs, they've got their own own uh, charts and calculations they use to determine disability, and uh, it's supposed to be based on the, uh, your disability is based on the uh, loss of earnings impairments that your service-connected disability has cost you, and that goes from zero to 100%. And then if it's a total disability, that means your condition is static and not going to improve, and they'll slap a term, total, permanent total on there. And uh, they use that as their adjudication guidelines, according to Total 38 CFR Part 4. So security, which is a government agency, is a little bit different. That is a winner-take-all. You have to have a disability that meets their listing level impairments in their book guideline book and it's supposed to, and it has to be a permanent disability that keeps you from working or it's supposed to result in your death and it's supposed to last a year or more then they give you your social security based on that now the problem is is social security you pay in social security and you have a minimum retirement age they send you and tell you what age you can actually retire at. 
where you can retire at 62 with an offset for each year you're under your retirement age. Now, for disability, disabled Social Security, you have to file for it, and it's adjudicated. At first, it's, it's filed, it's adjudicated to the state level. It's called, uh, we call it the DDS, Disability Determination Service, and I guess that's the state level Social Security bunch. It actually takes your initial application, looks at it, and they've got doctors and people to look at it, and usually you get a denial. And uh, I've seen them deny people with cancer and terminal diseases. They'll still deny you. They don't care. Then you ask for reconsideration, and they deny it again. And then, then you do ask for it, and you get, you get an attorney, and you wait two years, and you go see a law judge. Well, the law judge makes a decision. He's already got a decision made probably before you get in there. And the chance of getting it's really not good anymore. It used to be pretty decent. But some of these judges have got, uh, I've seen some with 14% approval rates. So uh, it's it's a hard process to do. Now, in the disabled veteran situation, they came out with the Brave Act a few years ago, and they tried to get it passed through, which was veteran that had 100% total permanent service neck disability. And what they would do there is they would uh, streamline the Social Security application process and look at the disabilities. Well, the Brave Act kind of got flushed in the crapper. It didn't make it due to political bickering and our great our great uh, people up on the Hill and in the Congress and the Senate, and they uh, really can't get along, so this probably held up because of some stupid other part of the bill because they can't get along. So it fell, it went to, it went to hell in a handbasket, so it no longer exists. The Social Security says, well, we'll do one better. We'll come out with a wounded warrior program. So if you're 100% permanent in total, then what we will do is we will streamline your application and we'll make your denials go faster. That's all they do. It speeds up your time because Social Security and the VA don't get together and and, and have the same requirements, you know. But if you're so if you you've paid in the both systems and you and you're disabled from the VA at hundred percent permanent total and you can't work because of it, Social Security says you can. You know, that's something I need to write to Congress about folks and get this stuff because they need to be streamlined. You know, Social Security needs to follow the VA's lead on this, and uh, it's it's not fair to anybody. You know, a lot of veterans draw both because a lot of them got some pretty serious illnesses. You know, or a lot of veterans are just old enough to retire, and it, it doesn't matter. You know, but if you're a younger person, and if you're under 50, 50 years old, and you file a claim to Social Security, Social Security is the only organization that has the right to discriminate on to you because of age. Do you guys know that? No, I didn't know that. Yes, they can. They can discriminate because of age. And if you get to 50, you're you're approaching advanced age. If you get to 53, you're reaching advanced age. Have you ever heard of that, Alex? No, I I filed when I, as soon as I hit 100% with the VA in 2008, I I started filing electronically online. They gave it to me three months after three months of doing it, but... I was, I mean, I was 56 by then when I did that. Yeah, that's the reason you got it. If you're over 53, you got a pretty chance of getting it. If you're in the 40s or if you're under 50, you have to fight to fight to fight to get it. Now, I can't say names, but recently a friend of mine, he's a HADAP member, he contacted me. He got a letter, proposed reduction of benefits, Social Security to zero. And he's not... Uh, he's IU, he's not P&T, but he should be. They just have, they just misadjudicated his claim. 
Uh, and uh, there's been some mistakes made in this claim, but he should be permanent total. He's got a lot of issues. And issues are not going to get better either, and uh, so he's fighting that right now. But uh, he's got some good stuff going on. He's taking some pretty serious medication. And if Social Security tells him to go back to work and he's on that morphine and stuff, somebody gets hurt, somebody's getting sued. Yeah, that's insanity. It's insanity. Yes, it is. So that's the reason, you know, folks, if you, if you get 100%, you need to file your Social Security. and But you better get a good independent medical opinion because Social Security's got its own doctors. And you think oh, yeah. the old denying CMP doc at the VA sucks. Get a hold of one of these old old, old dudes. Huh. You know, they want to keep their job Social Security, so they're going to deny everybody they can. Well, they're administrative law judges, so they're not controlled by anybody. Nobody has a death grip around their throat or their paycheck the way they veterans uh, law judges in the BVA. Yeah. Those are veterans right. law not administrative. I mean, their paycheck comes from uh, Call Me Bob McDonald. And uh, he, Bob votes. That's not true. It's Social Security. There's no way anybody's going to kick those boogers out of there. Nope. Nope or not. And uh, a lot of them should have retired a long time ago. Now, I had just the opposite luck with uh, Social Security. I mean, they didn't give me a minute's worth of... uh, uh, trouble. Uh, matter of fact, they, from two weeks within I, the time I turned my claim in on Social Security, they called me up and told me I was approved, but I had to wait that six months. Yeah, they waited in, in 90 days. Uh, Alex, you got you said you got yours in 90 days. Yeah, I did mine online. I, as soon as I got my 100% rating from the VA, I, I went online and signed up and went in there and did it online from, oh, I'd say July of 2008 and about October 1st or somewhere in there. They said, okay, you filled everything all out. Just go down to the Social Security place and let's make sure that you're really a warm-blooded person and not, you know, a big Newton of the imagination. And I just, you know, I went in there and they kind of looked at me and felt me. Yep, he's warm, he's alive. Okay, we'll pay you. That was 90 days, sure. just about. <clears throat> How that yeah, happens, Gerald? They look, yeah. Well, they look What's at your that? information, too, Gerald. Well, I, what they do is I wasn't 100% uh, uh, service connected. Uh, that could have been the difference. That's no, what the I difference think. is this. No, uh, the difference is this. Gerald, you got paid. Did you get paid back the first day you started oxygen? No. That should that should have been your start date right then. You might be able to go back and get some more money out of them, but that's the day. It don't matter when you file your claim. If you show medical evidence, you started oxygen two months before then. Yeah. That's the date you were disabled because oxygen use is an automatic. <clears throat> Same thing with astronaut. If he had something on there that showed he went back four, five, or six months, then it could be the same thing. You know, you get paid right away, but he's, even though he's already waited those months, you know, okay, they can determine it. Now, a judge can go back, you know. I've seen ALJs go back a couple of years on people. But uh, I've seen them take people and strip them down and get rid of them, too, you know, so. 
<clears throat> I'll tell you the worst kicker of the bunch. Now this is you guys got any tissues laying around? Yeah. Y'all might need to get you a handful of them because this is this is terrible. Any federal employee who works for the department of anywhere, as long as you are a federal employee, in the 1980s they changed their retirement system for the Civil Service Retirement System to FERS. Well, the CRSC boys got pretty lucky. Most of them's already retired out now and they're drawing a pretty nice little check and living like kings on Retireville. The people on FERS, well, Let's say you work as an x-ray tech for the VA. Okay, well, the VA, you're working for them, and next thing you know, you got this heavy-duty patient there, and the nurses don't want to help lift them, and you move them from table to table. You reach over and pull them. Next thing you know, you pop your back, and it messes it up bad. Well, you fight through workers' comp and stuff, but you end up disabled and they medically retire you. You have a Social Security or you have a FERS disability retirement. It's taken 14 to 15 months just to process a retirement application. When you got to exhaust all your leave and vacation time and stuff like that, you're out of money for a long time. So they go ahead and they approve your retirement, okay? When you retire from the federal government under disability under FERS, your first year of FERS payment is only 60%. So you lose 40% right there, and you're required to file Social Security. So you file your Social Security, and two years later, you get denied again. Well, it really doesn't matter if you're if you're a federal employee. It doesn't matter if you file Social Security, really, because the first year is 100% offset. The VA gets it back. So you're sitting there, used to making sixty thousand a year, and, you're, and after you pay your insurance and stuff, for this first year it's about fifteen hundred dollars a month, and the second year it goes to forty percent, and you're making roughly you're lucky to bring home eleven hundred dollars a month after paying your insurance stuff, of course. So you file your Social Security and you get approved. Well, the second year, through the your retirement age, or sixty-two or whatever, is offset at sixty percent. So you're getting 40% of your Social Security and 40% of your of your retirement. That's still going to be less than $2,000 a month. And that's somebody that's making big money. So then people get screwed. Well, that, that's got to change, too, because that, that's a rip-off. That don't even sound right, John. It, 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 that's the way it is, buddy. So you people out there that are federal employees and you're considering going out on disability, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Okay. If, if I hope you got a service next disability to help you get through because you're gonna be mighty hungry if you rely if you rely on furs. I mean you might as well go out to Alex and borrow one of his greenhouses and grow you some food. Uh, 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 yeah, he might he might let you come in there on the shares. Yeah. You know, come about screwing the poocher. That's outrageous. But see, and then here's the worst thing about it: if you're a federal employee, you're paying into your retirement system, and you're also paying into Social Security. So I don't see how they can legally do that, but they do it. That needs to be looked at. People in Congress sent these. That, that's got to be fixed because oh. people are still getting hungry. You know what? This sounds identical to in every respect. Is <clears throat> you get out of the service. 
and you've got a bad back, and, and you're medically retired out of the service, even if you only reached E3 or E4 or whatever, and you've still got two years left of active duty, they retire you out on whatever that program is, EFAS, mm-hmm. whatever it is. You get out, and they say, okay, we're going to give you a 40% disability, and they give you a lump sum payment and put you out there to tell you you got a 40% of back, back problem. So you go over to VA, and VA goes, Roger that, we'll give you 10% on your back. He says, well, they said 40, so you fight them for two, three years just to get it back up to 40. But the first thing the VA says is, oh, I see that they gave you $24,000 when they let you out of the service. And he goes, yeah, well, that was my, my medical settlement. And they said, well, we ain't going to pay you no money from VA until you recoup that 24000 in VA at 40%. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't get a dime from no, that's repaid and then caught up, and then, of course, then, you're, then you get paid. But, I mean, that helps. You take five ten thousand dollars at a thousand dollars a month. It's twelve thousand. You might might spend four years paying them that back before you get start getting your thousand dollars a month. There's a lot of things right there too. Boy, if they ain't got a racket. <laughs> Everywhere you turn, there's a racket. Yes, it's a racket. Another shoe to drop, like. The VA's going to come to me and tell me what kind of vegetables i got to grow in my greenhouse. No marijuana. <laughs> no marijuana. Yeah, they're going to tell you, man. I told I one person it was. For, but I, don't, I don't smoke dope, so that's no big deal. But, my God, if, you know, that i I got to tell you this real quick, and then we'll go back to Social Security. Those, those jokers, from the moment I won, I contacted my BR and E officer and sent him a copy of the decision. They sent it back to DC and and it's been back there since the twenty third of, of September. They don't know what to do. They're trying to figure out how to shrink it down to an eight by ten visqueen tent with a space heater in it. <laughs> <laughs> you be careful, Mark. They're they're probably going through their ways to try to deny that again. Well, they can't. I mean, the, you can't overturn a good decision at the BVA. If he denied me, I took it up higher. I mean, you know, they could keep denying me all the way to the Court of Veterans' Appeals. But once you get a good mm-hmm. decision, they can't take it away from you. I think they could probably try to strip it down to where it's kind of a joke, like telling you you're going to get a computer and they hand you something that you got to pedal, foot pedals like an old radio to create the power for it or something. I could see him mm-hmm. doing that. <laughs> or, you know, I, that's just the way the VA is. But that old judge wrote it up, says got to be a heated, ADA-approved greenhouse. I mean, he's got them boxed in on what they can and what they cannot do for me. But, now, <laughs> that's real, wheelchair accessible, too, isn't it, Alex? Has to be ADA with a uh, with a door at either end in case there's a fire. I got two ways out. Yeah, a thirty six inch door. Yeah, uh, yeah, th- a fire door, uh, minimum yeah. thirty six. One, mm-hmm. yeah. And it got to have rubber mat on the floor in case I fall down because I'm on uh, blood thinner for that Ooh. really neat myocardial infarction that they gave me when I was in the hospital back in two thousand and nine. They, uh, oh. If I fall down, I'm on warfarin, that Coumadin blood thinner, and I can oh, get a con- 
better than shit if I on concrete. Yeah, you can bleed out in a hurry. <laughs> I knew wouldn't see it. Nobody know except for all you guys out there because I'd be writing some really weird blogs about them. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> Uh, we just hope and pray they get it right. Well, yeah, like but you use a wheelchair, won't you? I've I've got it set up for a wheelchair because when my when my fibromyalgia really starts getting bad about January, February, March, when it gets real, real, real cold, I generally yeah. use a walker. But I, I haven't been in a wheelchair since I got out of the hospital in 2010. I think about October of 2010, I finally. Broke free of the wheelchair and shook off the, that drug addiction from that morphine they had me on. God, they had me so screwed up on that shit, I can't even begin to tell you. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, man, all you I You know if he's writing a blog or blogging a rat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back in 2011, I thought, who in the hell was that? <laughs> who left that guy off the reservation? <laughs> I told him. Uh, I told a person the other day they uh, went to see the law judge so security and they got denied by the law judge. They were denied at all steps and their federal employee retired. And I told them to write a thank you letter to the law judge for denying the claim. And they said, why? I said, well, the VA likes to screw veterans out of money, so it's about time somebody screwed the VA out of some money. <laughs> Because of the offset, see, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a comical end to a mess. But uh, now, didn't we have a guy here not long back that uh, retired out of service, withdrawn a pension, and then he uh, become his disability start showing up, mm-hmm. and uh, he was wanting to draw Social Security, and uh, see, he was entitled, oh, he'd become of age to draw Social Security, so mm-hmm. he was entitled his retirement plus his Social Security, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Then he got service connected for something. Now, wouldn't they uh, uh, take that disability away from his retirement, offset it, you know? Uh, they got some current receipt. What they would do is they would, if you start a pension, yeah. they would probably offset it somehow and bring his comp into play. So they could do. They've got tricks up their sleeve to do anything. I mean, they can. They like offset and stuff. You know, if you got anything. Now, he brought a good point there. You know, if you do get a lump sum, or even severance pay, if they ever pay you severance pay and you got service, and you get a VA disability, so they pay you thirty thousand dollars, and they give you a hundred percent, you're not going to draw anything until that thirty thousand is paid back. That's right. So you might you might forego a year's worth of VA money. You know, which really is not right. You know, I mean, you pay this stuff in with your with your blood, your soul, your mind, and your body parts. You know, that's, you write a check 
when you go into service and that the amount of that check is up to and equal to the cost of your life. If I'm not mistaken, you write that check. And you swear to defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Yeah. You know, you take that oath. And you stick your neck out there and you get shot off or if you crash a plane or if you get, if they use you as a guinea pig like you, Gerald, and they test you, they spray all kinds of chemicals, they should take care of you. Well, that's a fact. Fortunately, they don't. No, no there's too many non-veterans in the mix. We got to take care of our vest, no matter if it's Social Security or the VA. You know, I mean, you pay it in, you should draw it. And a lot of folks get mixed up with these disability programs too. They'll go to work, they'll get a job, and they'll buy these long-term disability programs through work. Your service next disabilities kick in, the VA starts to pay in. Next thing you know, you're, they take you off work and you're drawing short-term disability for two years. Or long-term or whatever it is. And after that two years, they send you to their, to their jack quack and he writes up, you can go back to work, even though you're disabled. That's called ERISA. Employment Income, Income Employment, something. It's ERISA, that's how they pronounce it. And that's the biggest joke since, uh, since vaudeville. And basically, they're all nothing but a bunch of scams to scam people out of money. Well, no wonder I'm so poor. Yep. The Spanish word for poor is called pobre. <laughs> pobre. Pobre. <laughs> Yo, es muy pobre. <laughs> so, but, uh, the VA is not your friend. Social Security is not your friend. Who is your friend, Gerald? Well, I don't know. Uh, my spouse is the next door neighbor. When you leave home, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably the only friend you got. Better playing the lottery. <laughs> playing the lottery? Yeah, you're on the back. You should know where your money's going.
31st until, hell, I don't know, about the last October, it finally started to rain. And they said completely caught up on all the rain we normally every year as of right after that flood we had that day. And then it was even worse the next day. Yeah, the ground The mountains are covered with snow again. I mean, we we are the West Coast distributors of water. California's buying it from us next year. Yeah. Well, California actually took a big step yesterday. Did you see that? What did they do? Put another tax on water? No, down in Carlsbad, just north of San Diego, they opened up a desalination plant. How about they're that? gonna get their they're gonna get their water from the Pacific. <laughs> Not all the part of it. It's expensive to do it. It costs a lot of electricity to make it happen. You know. Well, they won't listen to me because I'm part of the nuclear navy. All they have to do is take a couple of them so sub reactors they're decommissioning and fire them back up, put them on some ships or barges out there, and let that run their power. If they have oh. a tsunami, then they can pull that sucker out to sea. You know. That's what, that's what they ought to do, but you don't listen to, they won't listen to common sense or reason. You know that Catalina oh, Island, they, they put in a big $2 million desalinization plant. And then all of a sudden, the the, the plague or whatever, the drought went away. They couldn't afford to run it, so they shut it down. Now it cost $8 million just to re- redo it and bring it up, or $22 million, I think they said now, to re- rehab it and make it work again. And everybody's bitching and complaining, just like they were the last time. I don't think those people hey. ever get back to water. Didn't they... Uh Grappa complained enough that they started recalling some elected officials all that stuff. They had a big old mess, didn't they? I don't know. When we went down there in April for that NOVA convention in San Francisco, we drove by a couple of lakes. One of them near Susanville, I remember, was called Honey Lake, I think. And you mm-hmm. side of it, like looking out across the Great Salt Lake in Utah, you couldn't even see it, it was so far on the horizon. This thing was just empty mm-hmm. dirt. Mud, little bitty puddle out in the middle of it is gone. There's another one called Eagle Lake up in the mountains. It's 22 miles long and it's empty too. You can't fill them things back up without about six years of flooding. I don't, yep. know, I don't care what people are out. They're bankrupt on water. Yeah. Well, you got to take care paid. of them. You got to take care of the water sources, people. Oh yeah, you, you got to take care of the water sources. You know, they they make us upgrade the infrastructure when we build houses. We have to build bigger highway leading to it, and it comes in the form of a impact fee on top of our honey or a, a, a contractor building permits. They're called impact fees. I remember when they hit us with the first one for parks and schools. It's twenty two hundred bucks for every permit. Four hundred ninety-five dollars. The the impact was twenty-two hundred, and uh, it went up from there. And then all of a sudden there was a road impact fee, and then we had a neighborhood impact fee. 
about that time I, I got 100% disabled and exited, so I don't, it's probably even worse now, but yeah. you building those things and taking all those fees and spending them on infrastructure for your county, like a neater county uh, of building for the, everybody to be in, and don't spend it on infrastructure, pretty soon you're out of water. There ain't, you can't buy water when things like that happens. You can conserve it, but go look at the golf courses everywhere. They're all nice and green, so they're getting a buy on that one. Mm-hmm. you got to do it to everybody. Can you guys drill wells that her, uh, Alex? Uh, yeah, I got a well. It's 336 feet deep. Got good water? Oh, yeah. Actually, it, you buy water for buck, whatever you call it. I don't know. My water tastes better than bottled water in my book. I know that we take it across country whenever we go anywhere. We don't like to drink that chlorinated crap. <laughs> yeah. That's what you mean. So now we... The coal mines and strip mines here in eastern Kentucky, where I grew up, the, most of the wells are have been taken over by sulfur. So there's a few good wells left, but it's uh, it's about ruined, you know, a lot of water. They had that sulfur yeah. smell, and they had to have like two or three different filters to try to get rid of that. Oh, that's oh. terrible stuff, man. That's there's terrible some places stuff. there in Kansas and Oklahoma that I mean, tell you, you, you can't hardly stand. No. Bad stuff, but uh, that'll work. I mean, you have to fill water. You know, you gotta have good water. You can't live. So, water is you know. king. And you can't get water out of the river no more because everybody I know was running their open sewer lines to the water to to the water source. And so it's yeah, a, when I went for that uh, hug fest in Magnet, Indiana, it was right there on the edge of the river, and. I got there, and everybody said, well, let's get the fishing rods out. Said, well, you can't fish in there. That's polluted. I said, well, clean enough to go swimming? They said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, well, no, you will stay away from that area because, see, that's the Ohio here. River. You can't. That's the Ohio you, River. And uh, you know what's upstream of that, don't you, Alex? No. West Virginia. You ever heard of Huntington, and Charleston, West Virginia, all the chemical plants stuff that <laughs> got buses for polluting the river? <laughs> you might catch a fish that's liable to glow in the dark. Fart <laughs> in the water out here. I mean, they got people with test tubes. Everybody and their mothers got test tubes. Checking that water to even to, if they even find any coliform crap in it, man, they start hunting for who's doing it. I can't yep. imagine chemicals in the water. Mm-hmm. We got too many out here we rely on for making money and, and eating, so nobody wants to piss in the well, so to speak. That's true. That is true, you know. That's, it's big business. It's the water. Somebody told me 30, 40 years ago that somebody would put water in a bottle and sell it and make money. I, I thought he was stupid. Now I wish I'd have done it. Yeah. Thank God for Costco. They sell them. They sell it for three dollars and something for forty of them, so you can get as many as you want. When they drove us, they uh, we ran that thing for uh, twenty-four hours. It was pumping twenty-seven gallons a minute with it. I ran for twenty-four hours. 
slowed down. So that's that's my idea of a well. <laughs> yep. Well, that's a good well. Yeah. yeah. What you need? I mean, you know, twenty-seven gallons a minute. That's a lot of a lot of water. Oh, my pump, my actual pump that's on there can't pump it that fast. I could. I can come right off the head of that thing and pump a five-gallon bucket in the 40 seconds. That's how fast the pump can get it out of there. What do you got, a three-quarter horse? Uh, no, it's more than that. It's 30-amp double pole. I think it's uh, I think it's, uh, it's, I think it's one and a quarter or one and a half. Down there yeah. so dang. Uh, yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good volume. Well, yeah, you know, I tell you what, if you live in, I, I live in an area that's been developed as I've lived here. I've lived 20 years so in this area. And I first moved in, you could take a shower, man, that water, and you could sting when it hits you. But since everybody's moved in and built up, stuff like that, now, now you're waiting on the water to come out. <laughs> uh, everybody's washing. That's what's happening, I'm sure, down in California. I know my next-door neighbor, he cheaped out, went down to 160 feet, and he was getting eight gallons a minute, and that was in the wintertime. He went dry last year in August. Uh, so he went skinny on in July when he realized it was going to be a bad one, so he didn't run out, but... Uh, I think your chances around here, depending on which aquifer you drill into, well, the Kitsap Peninsula aquifer, and it, it taps off the Olympic Mountains, and he's running off one that's kind of like a this residual groundwater that perks down from above, like rainwater that perks all the way through the soil. Mine's, yep. like, mine's are like an artesian, but it doesn't have enough power to push to the surface. If you got an artesian, you got it made. That's some of the best water known to mankind. They had that TV show called The Drillers. They would drill for oil in Kentucky. You probably saw the TV. It's on one of the National Geographic channels. These guys are drilling their backyards on their farms for oil, and a lot of them hit oil. There's this one church. I thought they was going to you know, get rich with the Lord and drill them some oil. So they drilled and drilled and drilled, and they hit water. They hit an artesian well, and uh, they said that's more valuable than oil. <laughs> it pumps itself right to the surface. It's worth its weight in gold. They just set a pump right down the surface, put it up in a tower, and about charge admission, whatever you want to. Yeah, just about whatever you want. But, uh, you know, that's water is a big deal, especially for people that. Uh, you know, that are planters and want to, you know, have a place to ultimately get away from everything in case it goes bad, which i got a feeling it might do it pretty soon. First, might need might need a good well and a good well, hand pump to get down to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not one of those people that believes the world's going to come to an end, but I'm a pragmatist being as I'm sitting on top of one of the world's worst faults in the world. I built my house with I one of these days somebody's gonna pull the plug on my power or screw something up for a period of two weeks or two months. So I got the the, the so 
12.5 generator and, and uh, up the whole house. I got the dual fuel furnace. Instead of being an electric element, it's a uh, pro. Power goes out. I can run my heat here with the generator and everything, all the lighting. In fact, I got to look at my neighbor's house to see when their lights go on to tell whether we got power back or not. <laughs> well, at least you'll be able to grow your own food if you get your greenhouse. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, there's, I don't know how the VA is going to do that one, Gerald. It's going to be interesting because... The, the law, the way he wrote that decision of a heated greenhouse, that kind of implies that the VA's got to set a propane tank and fill it up with propane for the three years. ILP program's going to be running. Well, I would think so. Uh, yeah, it takes fuel. <laughs> and... Uh, I I just told them what I wanted. They didn't, you know. They told me, they just asked me politely after I won. They says, "Well, send us what you got." Picture of that 24 by 48 with the rubber mat on the floor and the raised bed, so I don't have to bend over and hurt my back. And I haven't heard a word from them since then. Take <laughs> to figure out how to add that up. Send me that credit card number. Hmm. Well, I'd keep an eye on the driveway. There'll be a team of them showing up, but that thing up. Yeah, I was going to have my have my laws uh, construction company come in and pour the slab and do this and do that and get the bolts ahead of time. But apparently, I got to let the VA do the whole thing. They got to hire their own contractor, electricians. Yeah. Plumbers, they got to do it all in Davis Bacon at the prevailing wage rate, the whole deal. Yeah, and you don't want the floor no two inches thick either. You want a nice, slick, thick slab there. Oh, yeah, you got to have four inches around here to make code anyway. A minimum, yeah, rebar, no bed. With water exactly. lines, you want water lines into it. Oh, I want them brought in on the outside where I can shut them off in a real good freeze or if I decide to shut the place down during the winter for any reason. I don't want it inside the slab where it's going to break underneath there. That's a little bit of a pain in the ass. But, of course, but you, need a, you need a toilet out there in case you have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've... I, Pointed that out to him. I don't. I can't be hiking, you know, another 7,525 feet to a bathroom. I need some kind of interim, like a potty that they put on boats or something that you can empty. Yeah. Well, the, I'm uh, going to put in a septic tank and hope it. Well, <laughs> I'd be able to talk them into a grinder pump. I already have the septic. <laughs> I think I'm allowed to have more than one septic tank on this lot. Oh. How you doing for backup power? Have you had a good generator? Mine's a 12.5 kW. Fires the whole house off. Uh, you know, my wife... What's that? Is it natural gas or what? Oh, no, it's gasoline. And it's portable. Actually, it's on wheels. It's an OHC engine. OMC, OHC or something like OHC. Or uh, cam. It's got a Kohler engine on it. That's what it's got on it. Yeah. Oh, they were good engines. It's got a 50-amp 
breaker and then two sets of 20s, but all I use is the 50 and backfire it right into my panel. I just turn off the main breaker coming from the street, flip on a 50 on my bus, and it lights up everything. I got to shut down the heat pump so that it doesn't try to run them. And then the furnace just reads it as a power failure and flips over the emergency heat, picks up the propane, and keeps on going. Well, that's what you got to do. I've got one that I use as emergency backup. It works pretty well. And I use it when I got the RV in the yard. Instead of having to use house power, I just fire it up. Cool. It runs that. It runs that camp pretty good. So mine's natural gas, so so it's you know it kicks over when it goes out. So it does a pretty good job. I, I debated putting a, a the big one in here and just hardwiring it with a drop demand breaker on it. And uh, I haven't got around to doing that yet. I think maybe when I hit about 80 years old, that's when I'll do it. So I don't have to go outside. And, Turn the key on that thing and plug it in. Yeah. Get laid another 15 years down the road. I'm just turning 65 here directly. Yep. I'll be eligible for Part D Medicare now. That's going to make me real cheap. Part D? Well. Yeah, the one for you. Do you get your prescription? free if you cough up about another buck and a half a month or something like that? Yeah, that's the donut hole, Joe. Oh. Donut hole Joe, I call it. Yeah, I'll never have part I don't need Part D, luckily. Yeah. Of course, the VA will take care of all your medicines if you get a VA doctor to write them. But, uh, I can't, you know, Coumadin is like 10 cents on the dollar. It's the cheapest rat poison is what it is. But in the VA, I'd love to get it from the VA, even though I get 100 tablets of it for about $10 down here at the local pharmacy. I was thinking about just going over to the hardware store next door. I bet you I can get it cheaper. <laughs> well, it, you're a problem for me. But the flip side is, is if I used it from the VA, to go down there and do that INR blood test like about every two weeks, but they don't. It's pay a Warbank clinic. They don't pay you for the uh, forty miles there and the forty miles back and the six dollar toll bridge in between for those lab tests. They only pay you if you have a doctor's appointment. So I, I never would make any money out of doing that way. I mean, I'd lose money going across that bridge and the gasoline on the wear and tear on the vehicle if I wasn't getting paid for going but to the lab. They're only paying you for doctor's appointments? No, every time you go to use the lab at the VA, that's not a doctor's appointment. You can't get travel pay for that. Right. Call me to go to their lab down there for an INR test to see what the viscosity of my blood is. That's 40 miles for me, plus that six miles dollars for the toll bridge, the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. That's like that's cost me about 35 dollars to get there, and they don't give me a dime of that back. I can't file for it. I can't get it back. No way. <coughs> so I. Just soon do it with Medicare. I pay ten dollars, go see the doctor, and they get to go for a whole year, and they don't charge me another ten dollars every time I go get the blood drawn. It all goes on yeah, they, Medicare. The VA requires you to go to that warfarin clinic too if you're on the if you're on the fenders like that. 
Yeah. Do the blood but work and check you. They won't let me go locally on VA Choice because it's actually it's like 32 miles, but they don't look at that bridge as being miles. It's just $6. If you divided that out at 41 cents a mile, which is what they pay for, then it'd go out to about 48 or 50 miles, but they don't look at it like that. Now, my VA will accept my blood work uh, results from a doctor here in town. Yeah. And vice versa, he'll accept theirs. They they pack them back and forth. Uh, so that that works out. Like if if I have a doctor here appointment here real soon, I just let the VA know, uh, especially on lab, uh, that uh, I'm having lab done here, and I'll have him pack up the paperwork. And they, they always agree to it. So I'm uh, not. Mm. Uh, they mm-hmm. both work hand in hand pretty good. Uh, I mean, I'm really fortunate that way. I'm sure not everybody gets that that kind of uh, accommodations, but it's worked out great for me. Well, and you and I did, Gerald. I mean, spending a year in a VA hospital, I'm screw up four operations so bad that I had to. Last time I escaped, I was the happiest man in high school. <laughs> Fight for Medicare that month. I said, that's it. I'm never going back. Yeah, that's, that's the form of PTSD, Alex. I'm telling you, man, it, I've, I read all of my medical records. If you stacked them up, it was almost 20 inches tall for a year in that hospital. And there's funny little things in there where it says, oh, Accidentally OD patient on heparin that um, <laughs> called for being type cross type blood comes out A negative uh, two two units uh, two full packed units or something infused from ten fifty five until eleven six eleven fourteen or something like that they give me two pints of blood to thin me thicken me up a little bit I guess <laughs> I never even knew I'd had a transfusion I was. Well, I was paddling that Dilaudid canoe around the, the room, man. I'm so screwed up with that little... They give me one of them buttons you just push every time you feel like you need some more painkiller. Oh. I'm asleep. Yep, PTSD. Pooch told us. <laughs> the pooch is told us. You made it out there, Alex. I'm telling you, my wife... Swore up and down. She says, "I will never drive you up there again when we get done with these folks." I mean, that they tried to kill you four different times. You wouldn't listen to me. I wanted to keep the regular medical. I didn't want you to go on to VA. And I says, "Yeah, but it was free." And she says, "Yeah, look what, look what free got you." <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. well, your wife and my wife have a common in. Mine used to work better. <laughs> I mean, mine dares me to go for anything serious over there. <laughs> she yeah. she to shoot me before I go. <laughs> well, yeah, you so gotta be it. careful. Any so, Mr. Bassard, getting back to Social Security, are you on it now? Who's that? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I've been on it for about 
though, let's see, I've been on for about 12 years now. It, what? You, how old were you when you got on it? I was 41. Oh. Well, those days are gone. Those days are gone. G-A-W-N. <laughs> you're 41 now and try to get it, you you better be pretty messed up. Yeah, have a terminal illness. I, th- I can see where you could get it from the VA. I mean, a paraplegic got blown up, TBI. But mm-hmm. these long, long lines of PTSD, uh, I can understand. I mean, guys do three or four deployments like they did to mm-hmm. Dan and, and that. That's a whole lot different from what I went through just two years back to back. I mean, one going and coming and going and coming and going and coming over a four or even an eight year lifespan of of, of uh, being in the military you of course are going to develop a whole lot more PTSD but it, 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 I think that the ALJs the, the people in, that you have to convince over on that side of the sheets in, in the social security right. department I don't think they buy into that PTSD quite the same way the military and, and veterans understand it. I, I think they look at us with kind of like we're the Safeway Slip on the Floor Club member or something, looking for a, a free ride somehow over in Social Security on a mental disability. I don't think they... Yeah. Don't think they, do they? It's actually easier to get to Social Security for a mental disorder than it is a physical disorder. Really? Military, yep. I mean, like PTSD versus well, uh, PTSD, or, of course, I look at they, they. I think they consider some type of psychosis or whatever, you know, depression and obsessive compulsive disorders and things like that. Of course, now there's a listing level too. There's a book out Social Security. You can go to SSA.gov, type in listing level impairments, and it shows you everything. You can look at that, and you can look at the criteria. It's similar to like the VA Title 38 Part Four, you know. But it didn't really go into the exact detail that the VA system goes into. It just gives you an outer guideline, and yeah. you can see whether you meet the impairments or not. It's it's kind of difficult for the average layperson to look at it, you know, and try to try to decipher what it says. But uh, you know, a person could look at it and just get an idea and, and see if he would you know be eligible. Because see, Social Security uses a five-step process in their disability, and the first step is you can't be working if you worked. And, uh, you know, some people, you know, they get desperate and they try to work. And they file a Social Security and they say, oh, you work? Sorry. Same thing as the VA. They look at your DD-214 and they see a OTH on there or something like that. The buck wow. stops here. That's the first thing the VA does is determine character of service. So in Social Security the same way, you know. They look at things like that. They try to, then you go to step two. Well, you meet step two. And then we go to step three. They look at step three. And then they, okay, then they go to step four and step five, and each one's a different level. You know, it's like, uh, can you do heavy work? No. Can you do medium work? No. Can you do light work? No. Can you do sedentary work? You know, and sedentary work's the big issue, okay? Say you uh, work, uh, and you, you know, say you was in construction, you know, and you've got uh, high school education, and you've got several different areas of construction that you excel at, you know, and they say, okay, you can't work construction anymore. But you can work at Walmart being a door greeter. They do stuff like that all the time. Or you can be a cashier. Or you're, and then they tell you there's so many thousands of jobs in the U.S. that you can be a cashier at. 
you know, even though you can't move your fingers or you can't stand up or sit down. It's just well, a cop-out, you know. I see that working with veterans on the TDIU thing where they'll say, well, you're not TDIU because you could still do this just because you're deaf. And in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. that does totally un- unable to do that. I noticed you have two years of college. I think maybe what we ought to do is give you another two years of college and turn you loose with the VRE and, and, and give mm-hmm. you something. You're going, no, 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 I want to stay on TDIU. Well, it depends how... We want to get you off the TDIU before you become PNT. Well... You're yeah. going to see them talking up the rules here. I'd say, I'd say now that I quote like uh, in quotes. Now that uh, Afghanistan and Iraqistan and all that junk is over there, for all intents and purposes, other than five or ten thousand on the ground, that is no longer a war in the way we look at it. That'll that'll die down, and they'll they'll they're going to shrink up all of a sudden and say, oh. You know, that's a personality disorder. That's not PTSD. No, mm-hmm. you don't have sleep apnea. Or if you do have sleep apnea, we're going to give you this operation, and then we'll rate you after your operations to see if we can correct it. They're going to go. They're going to try to get away from that 50% for sleep apnea. When they approved that, they didn't realize the can of worms they'd opened up. That mm-hmm. guys would glomming onto that and then they'd start getting into service and the first thing they'd do is they would open up their little cliff notes and go like, complain about snoring, complain about snoring five times so you'll get 50% when you get out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the system on now that 50%. Now, I, hey, there's too many guys, especially a lot of them with PTSD, that have legitimate uh, issues you stay awake for 20 hours a day for like a week trying to pull guard duty out there in Afghanistan, you could provoke a really good snore response that lasts for life. Add some PTSD into it, and you really provoke it. But that uh, sleep apnea, it's, it's, the VA don't like paying it out. They're going to try to change it either by giving you the surgery, which is cheaper than paying you 50% for... Fifty years. Mm-hmm. So you're saying the septoplasty business is gonna get busy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it works. I, I I see a lot of different things that I see where VA is gonna do, and one of the big ones I see coming up in the future here is these remands coming out of the BVA that remand your claim back to the agency of original jurisdiction of VARO, they keep doing this, and it's, it's, that's what, one of the reasons why it takes five, ten years to get anything done is because all those remands, each one of them is worth about a year in time to, before it gets back to the BVA or wherever it needs to go. And the BSOs are complaining, the veterans are complaining, everybody's in a big brouhaha over this remand coming back from the BVA, but yet the VSOs are, are the ones that sign off on those 646 forms that everything's all hunky-dory and good to go, and off the claim goes to D.C., and that's when they hit the, hit upon our favorite subject today is that 
gee, the barrel forgot to put the Social Security records in with the claim before they shipped it to the BVA. What's the first mm-hmm. thing that happens in about 50,000 cases over the last five years is they had the first thing was ship the claim back to the RO and have them associate the records with the claims file and then send it back to D.C. after they did it. The, Another six Everybody minutes. should know how to do that by now. That, that mm-hmm. just looks like planned that in advance that it would give you more time with that remand to get the Social Security records associated with the C file before it got to on appeal on D.C. You'd think that'd get done before it left. Somebody would sign off on that. Roger that. Social Security records included in the file. Okay, push FedEx. Let's print. Let's go. They don't Delay do it like tactic. that. Delay <laughs> tactics. It's done on purpose. But it is. BSOs are doing that, and they're uh, when a veteran files the claim, they're sending them in uh, incomplete, and uh, they know uh, that it's going to take several years to get this claim straightened out, and uh, a poor veteran might go through five or six BSOs before he gets it claim settled or he, he, he wakes up to the fact that he's got to have an attorney. Well, you guys know as well as I do, if you read any of those BVA decisions that about four out of every ten, it says right on there, it says, well, the veteran arrived without a nexus letter and he's not smart enough, he doesn't have an MD after his name to, to talk about the disease or why his arm doesn't bend in the right direction and his legs don't work, so you lose. <clears throat> If they'd gotten their nexus letters or gotten the information from their VSOs before they got to the BVA, they wouldn't have gotten into that problem. So that's exactly right. Uh, that's uh, that's that's where the trouble starts. Yeah, I just I well, just see all the, no social security records, no nexus letters, no this, no that. No wonder everybody's losing. That's <laughs> You don't have to well, be Social Security. Those law judges are doing the same thing. Social Security, they take if you got an IMO or an letter, they look at it and take it and throw it out. Uh, well, They're throwing them I, out like crazy left and right. I see. Our doctor said you wouldn't disable you. You end up going and getting an attorney to figure out how to navigate through that nightmare. That's what I see is that you can't get there without an attorney over in Social Security. I could, I wouldn't say you can't get there in, in VA, but it, it's a lot smoother when you use a, an attorney in the VA. But I don't think you can do it over there in Social Security, can you? No. I've never heard anybody actually doing it on their own. That's what I meant. I don't think you're going to see anybody doing it on their own. I, I thought it was pretty damn complicated, and, and I got approved in three months doing it online. But... <laughs> I could see mm-hmm. where if they turned down, I don't wouldn't even know where to turn to. See, Social Security's no. adversarial. The VA's non-adversarial, supposedly. Hot <laughs> 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 down there where you live now. <laughs> uh, I live probably in one of the worst regional offices in the United States right now. In bad shape. You yeah, what? Say again. Are you in Tennessee or Kentucky? I'm in Kentucky. 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 
I'm I in got Missouri. One it's got a red horse. Yeah, I live right town. in the middle of them. I live right in the middle of Federal Bradville, right in Lexington. Horse capital of the world. Well, I'll just take a picture of my horse be here directly because you might know him. Very famous. Isn't it? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I'm not a horse person, though, but I do tell you, horse farms here are pretty good. You know, they employ a lot of people. I think they're probably the biggest employer of illegal aliens in the United States. But. <laughs> We got our horse farms here. This is the land of the horse. Horse gets treated better than people do. You come here to live. It, I don't know what it is about Seattle, whether it rains too much or there's just something about it up here in, in this part of the world where I live. But it, it's uh, people who do move here. The first thing they say is like, "Where's all the Hispanic population? Where's all the blacks? Where's all the Chinese? Where, where does the Hmong live? Where, where the, where's the?" Vietnamese area, what part of the city is that? Is it, there's something about here in the Northwest, nobody seems to like it except us dumb white folks, I guess. <laughs> there aren't any uh, there aren't any minorities here for the most part. I, I mean, if I was tasked to tell somebody how many black people I know where I live, without, I'm not racist, and I don't think that the people that do live here or don't live here think that we're racist, but I don't think I've ever seen two or three black people at my supermarket. I don't know why that is. I was raised, we only had one. Well, I was born That's raised true. in Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia. I, you know, some of my good friends I went fishing and hunting with were black back then, and my God, you, they wouldn't even ride in the car with me to, to go out dove hunting because they didn't want to be seen as being uppity. It was real bad back then in the 60s when I was there. They could they could hunker down the back seat. Wouldn't. <laughs> we had one family when I grew up. They were good people, though. Well, it's after. You guys are going to have to keep yakking without me because I I can't see the barn now. It's too dark outside. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. We're going to go ahead and shut it down anyway. Drew, why don't you go ahead and take us home, buddy? We're, I scheduled for an hour and a half just in case we decided, like the other day, we got a little wordy. So we could run over a little bit and not worry about it today. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've... Uh well, Alex, uh, doggone, we appreciate you coming on. I hope we get to see you there next week. Uh, what well, is I'm, next week? Next week's the 23rd. We do a Christmas oh. show. Yeah. Hold on a little bit. Got you on here. We'll I got to do some I'm gonna be if you let me on, that's okay. That's just I'm gonna be awful loopy because I'm getting a phlebotomy on Tuesday and my wife will be driving me home. I'm gonna be floating along with the check engine lights gonna be flashing bright red for about We can five do it on twenty third. We can do it We can do it another day too. We're not you know, we're not set for one day. Uh, I uh when I get a phlebotomy, you know, I get about eight of those a year, about the eighth one. I'm coming up on about the seventh and I'll tell you what, it's, it's, it's eating LSD and smoking about five pounds of pot, man. It's just like I sit down and I don't move a whole lot. Oh, man. It's, well, uh, 
sucks the energy out of you. You stand up and you got to sit down real quick or sit down on the ground before you fall down for, for about a day or two or three. Well, anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Roger that. That's right. We can be and this is later. not a... We're, a we're not a bridge in New Jersey either, guys. We we stay open. <laughs> yeah, we stay open. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Ashnod, for coming on. Thank you, John. That's been a good show. We've had a great chat. And I That's hope right. somebody learned something. I did. I know I did. I learned yeah. something. I don't know that I wanted to learn it. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Didn't Next week I'll like tell you what Bohica. Next week I'll explain what Bohica means. Bohica. 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 Never heard of. One of the VA's favorite words. Bohica. Okay. Bend over. Here it comes again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This will be Gerald hey. Cook for the Had It uh, dot com. Uh, website and uh, uh, everybody uh, remember that donate button in there just punch that donate button and they'll take uh, PayPal or about anybody you can throw at them so kind of help out here it's Christmas time feel a little generous so this will be Gerald Cook with Jay Basser and Alex Graham will be signing off for today. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bastard Show.